listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Greetings, hello, Greetings. salutations. Hello, hello. Etc. Yeah. How's it? Fine, I think. Yeah. That's good. Got nothing crazy, mm. crazy, crazy to report right now. Yeah. I mean, consider that a blessing, perhaps. I do. Yeah. Like lots of good work going on. Yeah. You know, good things like that. But life is strolling mm. right along for the time being. Not a bad look. No. Mm. I was a little annoyed, would oh. be the word, annoyed. That the air quality again. Yeah. <laughs> like What's it's happening? like it was good. It was better. And then it, apparently it's not what again is, what is as this? of this recording. Yeah. I noticed that as well. I was like, I was kind of shocked. Actually, I thought we were past this. Yeah. What is the, with this was done. sequel. Yeah. <laughs> not a sequel I asked for. No. It's just like, you know, <laughs> sometimes it's, you know, you had a good thing going. Just stop. <laughs> Like you most know? sequels, I yes. didn't ask. <laughs> That's very cynical, sorry. Bunch of money-grabbing studios. <sighs> but other than that, yeah. you know. I could do with a cool breeze once in a while, but... It is summertime, you complain. know, to be fair. <laughs> it is. It's, it's July. It really is. As of this recording. I can tell as well. Yeah. I'm really just... I'm ready for September. <laughs> Yes. But that's just me. Well, mm. I mean, I like September as well, you know. Surely. That's the only thing, as we've talked about several times, don't like about September and autumn is that it does lead into winter. You yeah, know, it I just kind of want to skip that. It does. But you know what? It leads into Advent. It does. That is a bright spot in an otherwise <laughs> literally dark time. <laughs> literally. It is so, mm. the days are so short. I was reading The Rule of St. Benedict okay. recently, the fifth century monk. All right. This isn't really truly related to anything other than the fact that I was thinking about shortened days and it was just interesting to me. So he was over in Italy and he was talking about how the days are, what was he said, the days are shorter in the summer and he arranged the readings differently because, you know, they didn't have, like, artificial light, so they couldn't, you know, keep reading when it got dark. It's just very interesting to read about how he had a very strict schedule of readings that the monks were to observe. And he's like, now, because, you know, when the daylight gets shorter, you have to modify things and... Wow. How he did that. Just very interesting Yeah, to me. I could do that for a time. Yeah. That sort of like daylight change. Yeah. Probably not super long term, but... What I definitely could not do, Mm -hmm. apart from the Lord's strength within me, is where you go up to like the poles and you have like six months where it's basically unending day Mm -hmm. and then six months where it's unending night. Mm -hmm. I could do the six months of unending day. That'd be fine. But I think I could, man, six months is a long time. It is. But I feel like I could do the night for quite a while. For quite, at least, not. at least a month. I could definitely do a month. Yeah. I don't know. I like night That'd driving. Be tough. I'm, I find that pleasant. Ugh. Potentially cooler, you know, temperature wise. It's early morning driving for me. That's my favorite. Like as the sun yeah. is coming up, yes, you know, you get those first great. rays of sunlight through the, the trees mm-hmm. and that morning mist. There have been more than a few times where I've been driving to, to church on a morning and it's like... I I've been moved to tears. Oh, yeah. I'm like, this is truly astounding. The world is charged with the grandeur of God. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's what we think. So, anyway, that really has nothing to do with anything that we're talking about. Not a single bit. Unless you happen to envy people who live, you know, like the scientists who do stuff on the poles or whatever, because uh, that's what we're talking about. (laughs) We're talking about the scientists on the poles. The scientists on the poles. That's right. We're talking about uh, (sighs) John Carpenter's The Thing. Remember that? 1980s. Oh, yes. 1980s horror movie. Love it. No, I was 
as frequently happens, you know, when we get into podcast discussions, these mm. are sparked by things that I'm reading in the scriptures or elsewhere. And I'm like, oh, that would be interesting to talk about. Yeah. Sometimes they're more sanctifying and helpful. And other times it's like, oh, we, well, I mean, hopefully they're always sanctifying and helpful, but sometimes it's like really, you know, like, ooh, yeah. not fun stuff, sure. you know? So I had been recently reading through the accounts of the kings of Israel mm. and... Yeah, star-studded as they were. Yeah, that's, that's a term <laughs> you could definitely... You could use. They were star-studded as in they, you know, uh, had the uh, the stars of the pagan gods on their yeah. foreheads or whatever. One, one star review. Yes, one star review for Ahab. <laughs> you bad, bad man. Um, yeah, I was reading about them and was reminded of just how insidious a sin envy can be. Mm. You know, speaking of a man like Ahab, who was known for an envy yeah, a no. time or two. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with right? you. You just gestured there. I'm not going to say speaking of you. I'm like, oh, what oh did I do? yeah. Like, speaking of Ethan, <laughs> oh, we all God. know how envious he is. He, he, oh, he roams about, you I know, roam. destroying people and things because he's like, <laughs> you, you, you have, have that and I cannot. <laughs> That's right. <sighs> and in case you're wondering, you know, well, Josiah, how would you define envy? Mm. Well, here's a couple of ways you might think about envy just to make sure we're on the same page. Yeah, here. yeah. Envy is that sin which in the words of older theologians, sorrows in another's happiness. Oh, yeah, which man. Which is like, yeah, like, man, that's bad. That's what a petty. way to phrase that. Yeah. Envy says that, make it a little more concrete here, if someone is more gifted than I am, or if someone else has what I want, but I can't have it, then they are worth more than I am, and therefore I have neither significance nor security, <laughs> and so I have to tear them down or tear that thing down or just generally really make life miserable yeah. for everybody because I'm is full of like envy. That is a very interesting way of framing it that I, especially this, like the nuance of that, I had not really thought about. I feel like it's easy to mm. kind of make this yeah. monolithic sure, and, yeah. and simple. But the idea that if, if someone's more gifted than I, they are worth more. Mm -hmm. Because I almost want to say that that's kind of like almost the natural inclination yeah. to think that way. Yes. Or, or at least like the one we're trained to inhabit. Like if this person can achieve more or their audience is larger or their reach is greater or their craft is superior, yeah. then, well, that means they're clearly better than me. This Look at this person. They're a, they're a much better artist than me. They have inspiration. They know what they're doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? They have inspiration <laughs> trademark. <laughs> like, clearly, because you only see from a limited perspective right. of, you know, the polished work or the polished effort, whatever their station is. And so without seeing the difficulty, it's like, they're, they're so much better than me. I wish I had that success. I wish I wish I could inhabit, like, the world they're presenting. Yes. So, that, like, they must have more value than me. Like, what... Yeah. A, what a perverse way to, to, to value a human being. Yes. Being yourself or them. Yes, right. Either right. or. It's so, it commodifies the human spirit. Right. It's weird. Yes. Yes, and so that is a very subtle, insidious form of envy, though. I already did that, right? Like, that's what it is. Yeah, it exactly. is. It's envy. And, you know, on the flip side of that, too, it's interesting how you mention we only get a limited perspective on people who perhaps we may look at and envy. And exactly. think, like, oh, like, they're so much better than it's I so am. It's so easy to. Value. I had this experience at my seminary, actually, mm -hmm. just recently, where the professor who was teaching my preaching lab, so I've had him two times in a row now. He's awesome. Yeah. He's great. He is a phenomenal preacher like he's one of these guys like we're in the lab and we're doing our stuff and he can just on the fly be like oh well if you can flip it like this you would get da 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 and it's like how yeah. how are you doing that yeah. like, how did you just how All right. and listening to him 
preach because like I'm like I just want to know how he preaches mm-hmm. like wow he is amazing you know yeah and you think like man how's he do that and it was so reassuring to spend the week with him and then ask just random like do you ever have the moment where you're sitting there trying to work on this and you put your hands in your head and you're like I have nothing to say you know I'm yeah. blah 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 and he's like oh yeah like you know all the time it happens <laughs> like oh thank the good lord <laughs> I need to you know you I'm not as much alone as right yeah, exactly. which again you know you're not getting it through of envy with that but it is helpful reminder like yeah. you think about like the people we envy and I will use that term because I think that that attitude if we have that attitude it mm. is envy yeah you know they have typically the same sorts of struggles yeah very true that you're facing mm-hmm. and so all that is to say how do we deal with this yeah you know aside from fact realizing oh yeah they sometimes despair as much as I do yay which is not a good thing to rejoice <laughs> in right like yeah you should not be like oh yeah we're all wallowing in despair <laughs> it's together hard for you too yeah like you know I mean there is something reassuring to that but you shouldn't sure. be like you know you should not be grateful in another's yeah. hardships like really you should be able goal. to rejoice uh-huh. in their excellence yeah. and not want them to have as hard a time as you do yeah okay so how do we deal with that well i think perhaps the most effective and easy i might even say way to deal with envy is to practice gratitude because gratitude says if i trust in christ then i can know that god has set his love on me of his own gracious will so the maker of heaven and earth loves me and he doesn't love me because of anything I've done, but simply because he loves me. Yeah. Which is very freeing and reassuring. And my value is a gift which he has given me by creating me in his image, hmm. which is a gift that no one can take away from you. No one can remove the image of God from you. Right. And no one has more or less of it. Right. It's not like, <laughs> yes. oh, you know, that guy or that gal who does X activity better than you or hmm. has Y thing that you want but can't have. They do not have 70% more of the image of God in them. Yeah because of that right exactly. we all bear that image hmm. to the same degree so that means that like children on christmas morning who know that they are loved by their parents we can simply celebrate the fact that we've all received gifts to open together and we can ooh and awe and share and play together and enjoy it hmm. right just as giving into envy starts us on a steep spiral downward into greater depths of malice i think gratitude helps us on the slow climb upward into greater heights of joint peace yeah. Because, right? I mean, don't you, I mean, just even think back on your own life. Like, don't you just feel better when you're thankful? Oh, okay. I have two thoughts that this is sparked. Because I find it, unfortunately, I find it kind of easier to remember the times in which I, like, gave in to envy. Yep. And, like, truly to this day, I still feel guilty about <laughs> Sometimes it's sure. like, that was, like, just such an ugly handling of the situation that I, I regret it. But last night, I was watching this Netflix documentary called The Deepest Breath. Mm-hmm. And um, it's about free diving. Oh, wow. Yeah, crazy. Could never do this stuff. I would die immediately. The free diving, just some good, is that like scuba diving, but without the scuba equipment? Yeah, it's wow. just your lungs and like how deep you can go down and people almost die. Like they, yeah, have, they have I safety bet. divers, but that's not a guarantee. It's, you know, tracing the story of a couple people, but this one woman in particular who is excellent and she's very young and she's very excellent. And she's an up and comer. Even early on, she's she's disallowed from participation because of her age, but yep. otherwise would be like the instant winner. And uh, as her career goes along, she constantly finds herself in second place to this other more experienced woman who's been in the game a little longer. And um, that tends to be, you know, the pattern of things. She always gets second. She always gets silver until 
she takes the time to, you know, hone some of her abilities and hone some of her skills and really refine that. Yep. And suddenly she's like blasting into first place. And the funny thing is I'm hearing the story told by that former gold medalist. Mm-hmm. And she said when this, you know, the subject of the documentary, when she like really figured out, you know, the, the really unlocked, you know, her, her methodology for this to succeed, that was the start of one of like my deepest friendships Mm, and mm. you could see how like truly sincerely happy she was to even be eclipsed by her friend yeah and i was truly arrested by this because yeah. it's like surely you have to feel a twinge at least a little bit when you're like yeah this you know uh, this this young gun they're doing well but i mean i've done the work and i'm in first and i continue to be in first and i continue to prove that i am the gold medalist and right. suddenly she has blown me out of the water mm-hmm. and i am now in silver yes. you gotta feel something right but it was just joy yeah mm-hmm. and i was i was shocked i don't know if i would be so ready i want to be ready to act yeah. like that i don't know if i always am right but it was really impressive to actually watch that on display. Yeah, and I think that gets to maybe even a level deeper with gratitude. I haven't thought this through entirely, but the other term would be like humility, like Mm. the the genuine humility to actually, not like this worm pride where it's like, oh, well, (laughs) you know, good for them that they did that, but it's actually about you. Yeah. Where it's like, no, 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 like at the end of The Hobbit, Mm. forgive me, I'm freeforming a bit here, but at the end of the book, The Hobbit, when Bilbo has returned from all his adventures, he's sitting there and he's got his pipe and he's smoking with Gandalf and talking about all the stuff and, and Gandalf says, you know, like, did you think like all of this was about you? you know like that you were the center of the story and you're like no like there are all kinds of other things happening that don't rely on you and all these things mm. and da, 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 da. even though Bilbo has just done this amazing thing in the story yeah. right like but instead of getting like disappointed or frustrated like oh it's not about me Bilbo says oh thank goodness <laughs> and then keeps like that attitude of just kind of this realization like yeah like I'm not the center of the story mm. thank goodness like, right. whew, like <laughs> I don't have to be yeah the gold medalist every time mm. like this envy would make me miserable yeah absolutely and so that is such a biblical concept because when you talk about like humility and gratitude take for example okay john the baptist yeah, i think okay. there's actually like a direct corollary here <laughs> okay where he is the older guy mm, yeah. who's been out preaching he's lived in the wilderness he's been eating those locusts first he's been yes right in the words of the prophet he has prepared the way yeah done all this stuff and crowds have been flocking to him during his public ministry you know he's baptizing all these people you want to talk about like celebrity preacher right <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> Like, John the Baptist is it. Yeah. But then Jesus steps onto the scene, Mm. you know? He's Mm. not been out in the wilderness. No. He's not been doing all that stuff. He's been living a quiet life we don't know anything about, basically, for 30 years. Yeah. But we read in John 3, 26 through 30, they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man, Jesus, who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, look, he is baptizing and everyone is going to him. Mm. You know, Jesus is on the gold medal side now, right? Yeah, Quote unquote. To this, John replied, a person can receive only what is given them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine, and it is now complete. He must become greater. I must become less. 
That's like, that almost moves me to tears reading it, you know? Yeah. Because I don't know, again, you know, it's always very dangerous to psychologize characters in scripture when you don't have the scripture itself telling you, here's what their internal state was. Right. So I don't know, you know, if he felt a little tweak in his soul when he first saw all the crowds leaving him and going after Jesus in earnest. Okay. I don't know. And I don't even, I said that. I don't even want to speculate though. Sure. Right. Because what I do know from this text is that when the cards came down and some of his own disciples were apparently feeling envy in the dark corners of their hearts, right? Because yeah. they're, they're going to him like, don't you see? Like, they're mm. all leaving. They're mm-hmm. all going to him. Yeah. John said, I'm content to do that. He didn't shrug his shoulders and say, well, that's life. There wasn't any of this false, like, well, that's life. Like, a complete flip on that. Like, it's the positive. Like, going out of his way to say, I'm content to do this because this is what God has asked me to do. In fact, not only am I content to do it, my joy is full, yeah. is what he said. Like, yeah. I am spilling over with happiness because Jesus, our Messiah, is coming to bring his people home. And I think the only way he can do this is because he knows his significance and security are in God, not in himself and his performance. And so when Jesus comes and his brightness begins to eclipse John's light, John doesn't need to fret. No. Again, in fact, he can rejoice because he knows that God's goodness is on display. And that's what he's about. Like, that's what he wants is God's goodness on display. He wants people to know their Messiah. So there's no room for envy in his heart. Yeah, and I think, like, in his words, you can see the gratefulness expressed. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's pretty easy to see the humility and the maturity in that as well. Like, I mean, it, it, like, it really gives me pause, actually, (laughs) to to read that. Right. And I feel like, you know, that it sounds super wonderful because it's like, it's for Jesus. Yeah, right. Big big deal there. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Savior of the world. How nice. Like, good attitude, John. (laughs) (laughs) That's the right move. Well done. But, like, to take this all the way back to the beginning, the minute I lay this on my own life, a little bit of a different story. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm setting whatever aside for Jesus himself. You know, when I feel like I can't achieve a design or I can't find inspiration or hone a style, I can feel inadequate. Knowing that my value comes from God doesn't necessarily implant fresh inspiration into my mind. (laughs) But that framework doesn't even have a role in John's story. Right. There's no place in that. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. Yes. And I think if we want to begin to cultivate that kind of a thing, because I I mean, when I read Mm. that about John, I find that very attractive. Yeah, like, There's something about that's like, yeah, like we all, I think, know people like that. And those are the people we want, I think, to be around. Absolutely. Nobody wants to be around the envious grabble no, grouse. No, you know no. what I mean? Who's yeah. constantly envious and worried about people as competitors and getting ahead of him. And, you know, you don't, nobody likes that. No. (laughs) So it's, again, how do you cultivate this sort of attitude? How do you get to this place of humility? And I think there are a number of ways you could answer that. But I think to go back to something we said earlier, a huge part of that is practicing gratitude. Mm. I even use that verb intentionally, practice. Right, yeah. Because it doesn't always come naturally to us. In fact, (laughs) I think it rarely, unfortunately, does. I think you're right. You know, it's much easier to, again, envy. Mm -hmm. That's the natural thing to do. It is. It's natural to grumble. That stuff can come to you without thinking about it. But we don't often think about what we can be thankful for. <laughs> so the the envying just kind of happens like a bad habit. You know, like, I mean, for me, like a really cheap example of this, like, I don't have to think about biting my fingernails when I'm like writing or reading. Mm. It just happens. I'm like, oh, <laughs> daggone it. It's only after I've chewed them down almost to the beginning of the cuticle that I'm like, oh, shoot, I've been biting my nails again. Yeah. Right. And so... It takes practice and an intentional effort to overcome bad habits. And so I think the same holds true with envy and gratitude, right? Mm -hmm. Like if envy is the bad habit of our hearts, which I think for most people 
it just lingers there, right? Like yeah. that's just that's going to be there to some extent. And if you want to overcome that bad habit, you have to replace it with a good habit. And for us, I think one of the best ways you can do that is by practicing gratitude, mm-hmm. which again, you do have to have a rootedness in the gospel, you know, and understanding that your value comes from the Lord, I think, in order to actually begin to do that, because otherwise you just get frustrated and go back on it. So some people maybe it'll pick up these skills more quickly than others, but there is still that period of awkwardness. And again, that's why I use the word practice, because going out of your way to intentionally be thankful when you don't feel like it. Yeah, it's a little cumbersome. It may feel awkward, yeah. you know? Just like, again, if you take another analogy, driving, like mm. learning to drive. Yeah. If we all remember that, you know, our listeners who I can do. drive. And, I do, indeed. Yeah, or those who can't yet. You know, if you're a teenager listening to this, you'll understand that when you first start driving, you have to think about everything. Mm. It feels very awkward, right? Like yeah. thinking about turning on the blinker and then I'm coming up to the stop sign. So I move my foot over from the accelerator to the brake and, you know, both hands on the wheel and like, turn that radio down. I can't yeah. see when oh, I'm, yeah, you I'm know. Still, I'm still like, there. My mom still doesn't like the way <laughs> I brake on the exit ramp. You yeah, know? that's right. Like, hey, listen right. here, slow down a little sooner. <laughs> You know, um, you have to think about everything, every step you have to think about. And the driving feels very awkward. You know, it's very start, stop, stuttery. But then you just keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it until you're at the point where you're not thinking about it. You know, like I can drive now, like between the church and my house, and I can make it home almost without realizing it. Right. Which is scary to think about. Like you're almost just like, you're so busy, like thinking about things and able to do other things. Well, I think, again, same sort of dynamic is true with gratitude. Like Mm. if it feels awkward at first, yeah, you just need to keep practicing. Until eventually, like, it's just your default state where you're thinking, I'm just grateful for things. I will say, like, to paint that alongside how easy it is for us to just kind of time travel home without realizing we've been driving. The idea of gratitude coming that easily is incredibly attractive. Mm -hmm. Like, to know that, like, okay, that, what could that possible future look like in my life? That is very appealing. Yeah, it is very attractive. And I'm reminded of a quote by G.K. Chesterton. Of course. And perhaps you've heard of him. (laughs) But he said, you say grace before meals. All right. But I say grace before the concert and the opera. And grace before the play and pantomime. And grace before I open a book. And grace before sketching, painting, swimming, fencing, boxing, walking, playing, dancing. And grace before I dip the pen in the ink. Like, there's a man. Actually, one of the things I, I have found so attractive about a guy like Chesterton is like, mm. he has this sense of wonder and thankfulness for everything. There's another line now I'm reminded of where he says, at Christmas, we give thanks that someone put gifts in our stockings. But why should I not thank God that he put the gift of putting legs into my stockings this morning? You know, like, oh like that. You know what I mean? Like, something like that. Like, just thinking about the world that way. Yeah. Incredibly attractive. And I think a great way to deal with envy, you mm. know, and root it out of our hearts. And again, to your point, I mean, it's, I, people want to be around people like that. Yeah. I think, you know mm. what I mean? So all that is to say, I would uh, encourage you even now, you know, as we're winding down this podcast, you find three things you're thankful for today. You might be on a good start to something there. You yeah. Know, three things you're grateful for. It's probably, I mean, I did not do that today. That, no. would, that would be a 300% increase. <laughs> I would. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I think if you do that and you start battling against those subtle corners of envy in our hearts that we yeah. often don't think about, yeah. you will just be far happier and at peace as a result. Because I think so much of the unrest in our hearts because of that envy that we just don't think about. You know, it's there like a bad habit. Mm-hmm. And if we root it out and we replace it with humility and gratitude and we can say, oh, thank goodness that God gave that person that gift. Like how great that this world exists where his goodness and grace and glory will shine out through them all the more because of that gift. I'll even close with this as another kind of a a hopefully helpful slap in the face to this is when the apostle Paul was in prison and he's writing to the Philippians 
there are preachers out there who are taking advantage of the fact he's in prison mm. and preaching the gospel. And they're preaching the true gospel of Jesus Christ, okay. right? Not a false gospel. Good. So that's a good qualifier. But they're preaching the true gospel, and apparently they're preaching it well because people are converting, being strengthened, encouraged. But they're doing it out of envy, is what Paul says. They're preaching it out of envy. Really? Yeah. But what Paul says is, well, there are people are coming to Christ and hearing the truth, so I give thanks. <laughs> I am grateful while I am in chains, that's and they are free, and they are doing it to, like, spite me. That's fascinating. Like, wow. What an amazing way that is, to be. That is the know? coolest, like, a reverse Uno card. <laughs> it is. It is. So, anyway, hopefully that is something that will help you feel a little more humble, grateful, and glad today. That's what yeah. we want there for you. So, thank you as always for listening. We're truly grateful that you do that. If you found this at all helpful, you know, you want to spread the love, you can leave us an honest five-star review, mm-hmm. for which we will give thanks if you do. <laughs> but we're grateful, you know, whether you do or don't. Very true. And if you have any questions on this or any other topic, as always, feel free to email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. Thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.